Hello and welcome to episode three of the ER MBA show. We've been taking a lot of name recommendations, still thinking about which ones we're going to choose. So stay tuned for that. Maybe the next episode will have a new name, could be below the rim, could be above the rim. You'll have to stay tuned to find out. And just wanted to give a quick shout out to my grandma. Um, I refer to her as Bibi. She FaceTimed me yesterday and asked to make sure that I send her the link to this week's episode. So really appreciate the loyal support and hope you enjoy the shout out. In the last episode, we did say that we were considering talking about the Knicks, but we're going to do a quick audible here. It is Sunday after all. So with the football lingo, we'll audible and talk about the Chicago Bulls. And once again, I'm here with Ezra. How are you today, Ezra? What's up, Noah? I'm doing well. Uh, I'm excited to talk about the Bulls. They're really interesting young team. Uh, they have a lot to look forward to with their young core, and they're really exciting team with an exciting future. Yeah, I don't know if I would say that they have an exciting young core, but they definitely do have a young core. Yes, that's Before fair. Before the past season started, they had the second youngest roster in the NBA, which with an average age of 24.8 years old which is pretty crazy. I think there's a lot of guys on their team that had a lot of hype going into the year, but didn't really know their identity. There was a lot of turmoil between one of their players and the coaching staff. So in the end of the year, they finished 22 and 43, and they scored only 106.8 points per game, which was 27th out of 30 teams in the NBA. So not great in that category. But on defense, they were actually 14th in the NBA, so yeah. just about average, um, about 109.9 points allowed per game, which is, I mean, average is better than almost worst in the league. They were 11th in the Eastern Conference, and they have the fourth overall pick in this year's draft, which is exciting. Maybe not the draft that Bulls fans would love to be up there at the top, mm-hmm. but they're still up there, still some excitement there. And then they just signed a new coach, and I believe a new GM. I won't butcher the GM's name, but if you want to give it a chance. The president of basketball operations. He's actually the vice president of basketball operations. It's Arturis Karnisovis. He's, he was the assistant general manager for the Nuggets. Did a great job there. Uh, Nuggets ended their season last night, but clearly promising future over there in Denver. He was a prominent um, option for the Nets, and they were looking for a GM a couple years ago. Obviously, they ended up going with Sean Marks, but I did learn a little bit about him. I think he's a great basketball mind, and I think he's a great fit there. Yeah, and then other than that, just some sad notes for the Bulls, one of their promising young players, Wendell Carter. We've been throwing that term around, promising young player, so we'll actually talk about one of them. Wendell Carter missed 22 games this year, and then a player that is somehow still on a max contract, only played 14 games this year, Otto Porter, so he has a player option, could be making $28.5 million that uh, TV deal a few years back really uh, boosted yeah. those contracts. But I think we should just go ahead, get into the roster, start talking about some of those guys. So let's start off with talking about the best player. Um, I'll go with mine first and then mm-hmm. you could take it. So Sounds good. I think the best player for them was Zach Levine. And I don't know why, but it like bothers me to say that. Like he, mm-hmm. I feel like he's an annoying best player Mm -hmm. he was i believe 11th in scoring in the nba around 25 and a half points per game 
ninth highest usage percentage in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, but he oftentimes you would see him get heated at the coach or at other players on the team. And it feels like he's been in the league forever with those crazy dunks that he had in a dunk contest. Who knows how long ago, but he's only 24 and mm-hmm. he played well in terms of like, he's a really good scorer, 25 points, as I mentioned, four and 4.8 rebounds, 4.2 assists and mm-hmm. 3.4 turnovers. But they didn't really have anyone. And I think it's just clear if he's your best player, you're not making it very far. I think he's more of a third option or like a six man, mm-hmm. like a, just a volume shooter, volume score on like a really good team. That's sort of what his role would be. I think if you were to trade places, just put Karis Levert mm-hmm. in his place, he probably would also have put up amazing numbers and they would have had very similar records. Mm-hmm. But Karis looks like he's going to be a great piece as the third star on the Nets. And I don't think that Zach would be a bad third star. So I don't know what your thoughts were on best player. Yeah, definitely. I I definitely agree with all those points that you brought up. Um, Watching Zach Levine is exciting. He's a a young player. He's extremely athletic, sick dunker, obviously. Uh, Like you said, when you put another guy that's talented scorer in that position, I think a lot, there are a decent amount of players that could replicate those numbers. Uh, in the league, I mean, watching them against the Nets, I thought before looking at uh, the Bulls this se- like going over their season, I thought they were a little bit better. Their record really didn't show their promise as a young core. Uh, I think they did have some trouble with their coach. They've had so many coaches over the last couple of years, like last like six years. Um, but Zach Levine, like I said, like Zach Levine's exciting. But if you replace him with other talented scores, I think. A lot of guys can replicate his numbers, but also, like you said, they didn't. They don't have those talented guys around him that can really play, make, and take the ball out of his hands when he when they need to. He doesn't quite get other guys involved as much as you would like out of a best player. Only four assists per game, so obviously he's a prolific scorer. But as the best player, like you said, you'd like him to be doing a little more. Yeah, and I think that he we can't really knock him for scoring. He, yeah, he did his job. Like Definitely. he did what he was supposed to do. Uh-huh. Um, so why don't you take the worst player or most disappointing this year? Who let Zach Levine down when he needed him most? Yeah. I mean, they took in the 2017 draft, they took Markinen seventh. I think he's the most disappointing player in my eyes over the last couple of years. I think specifically this season, they would have liked him to take a bigger step forward. He averaged 14 points a game. Uh, only six rebounds as a big guy. You'd kind of like some more rebounds in there. Seems like he's a little weak. And he shoots six threes a game, shoots 34%. Not awful, not great. Um, but I think that they would like him to get going a little more. He does, he has an impact on the game, but like when you take it, when you have a top 10 pick, you'd like him to perform a little better. Yeah, I agree. And I thought that you weren't going to go in this direction. So I thought I was going to have a little bit more of a hot take with Arkanen being the worst player. But I like what you said, most disappointing. If you look at his averages from last year, he averaged 18.7 points and nine rebounds. And this year he averaged 14.7 and six rebounds mm-hmm. on 42% from the field. So he significantly regressed. Definitely. Now, I don't know if that had to do with coaching style. I know there was a lot of turmoil within the team. Um, so maybe I'll give him another chance. But... For a guy that was getting Dirk and Kristaps comparisons coming yeah. into the draft, like you can't be performing below your 
career averages in your third year in the league. You want to see progression, not regression. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy. Levine and Markkinen were like the key parts of that Jimmy Butler trade. Yep. And now we see Jimmy's leading a team to the maybe to the finals. We mm -hmm. won't we won't jinx the Heat if there are any Heat fans out there. But um, is that a trade that they won? Did they lose it? I mean, Jimmy's gone to so many teams since then. So who really knows? But it's just really disappointing. I I thought I was really gonna love Markinen, but mm. he there's something. It seems like he doesn't have like that dog in him. Yeah, he. I think you were talking about Jimmy. I think it's really interesting that you're talking about who won, who lost that trade. The Bulls did get Levine out of it, um, and Jimmy. A lot of there have been reports that Jimmy's. I mean, we obviously know Jimmy's that dog. He has that dog mentality. And successful teams, uh, you always see so all the successful teams in the league have veteran guys. They're older, more experienced. But Jimmy does have that dog in him. He always he gets the best. He takes the best out of his players. He challenges players, challenges his teammates. And if you're not giving that 100%, like he doesn't want to be there with you. And I think the Heat provides that for him. I think the Bulls were extremely young. Markkinen was so young. He doesn't – like you said, he doesn't have that dog in him. And I don't think he's he, – has that now even like even his third year in the league he should be getting have a little more oomph in his game be a little have a little more impact and he doesn't really have that yeah it's tough when you don't have any any old guys to sort of teach you like not that vince carter was any reason why the hawks were going to be good or bad this year but i guarantee you that whenever trey young has success in the finals in the playoffs anything in the nba he's going to say well vince carter was one of the best teammates i ever mm -hmm. had so a guy like that is something that the Bulls probably would benefit from, but they also just, there's so much, so many things they need. So looking forward, let's move on. Most promising player. I have one that I love and one to two sleepers. So mm. I'm curious what your thoughts are there. Um, promising is tough. Like we said, Zach Levine, I think in this role, I don't know how much better he can get. I think he can score maybe one, two more points per game, gets a couple more assists. He has some better guys around. So I don't think he's that promising. I happen to love Sadoransky. I think if he gets better, uh, improves his outside shot, I think he'd be a real lethal threat. Um, doesn't shoot it that well from three. I think he shoots like 33%. Uh, but I think he's a really, really good slasher, 6'7", combo guard, um, and isn't getting paid that much. I think he has a lot of potential there to grow, and I really like him. I think he's like 29 is yeah. my only – Is he 29? Um, I thought he was a, a couple years younger. Maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? Mm -hmm. But – we love our our Eastern yeah, Europeans. You know, I love my yeah. Eastern Europeans, so I'll I'll support that. I love 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 Wendell Carter. Yeah. He put up eleven point three points and nine point four rebounds on fifty six point four percent shooting mm -hmm. inside the just mm -hmm. two point field goals. I think him as a he's gonna be a double double machine for the rest of his career. Just mm -hmm. ten and ten if he could stay healthy. I think he could be a really good shot blocker. Um, he was 11th in offensive rebound percentage in the NBA, um, which is pretty good because I think if you're just like middle of the pack, like offensive rebounds could be pretty lucky. Mm -hmm. But I think there's some part of like not necessarily skill of knowing where the ball is going to bounce, but it's a lot of effort. Like mm -hmm. you have to want to go get that offensive rebound. Definitely. And I think that shows a lot in a player. And so I think the fact that he already has that desire, he's probably going to continue to get better. Now, do I think he's going to be ever the best player on a championship team no do i think he's going to be the third best player will he ever be a leading scorer probably not but i think he would be a really good rim protector yeah. and just like 
I know that the Rockets just like gave up on Clint Capella, mm-hmm. but I don't think he's a bad player, and I think he'll help a team like you've seen. The West, Jokic was super key. AD was super key. Dwight Howard has been super key. Bam mm-hmm. Adebayo in the East was super key. I think um, Jeff Van Gundy was obsessed with Daniel Tice last game. Like yeah. the big men still matter, and I think that Wendell Carter could like play a role, like rim running, athletic guy does his job in the future. So I love yeah. him. And then we didn't see what we wanted to see from Kobe White, but like his hair's dope. <laughs> and he could maybe become like a microwave from three, like just like an annoying, like Jordan mm-hmm. Clarkson off the bench yeah. type guy. Um, and so he's like my sleeper to just be like a solid NBA player. Do you too. think Kobe, I don't know much about Kobe White. I, I watched a couple of his games, but I don't know. I feel like you said you compare him to Jordan Clarkson. Is that what you see him as, like a scoring like, guard? I don't know if I see him. He's not the same player as Jordan Clarkson. I mean, like the same role. Yeah. Just like, I don't think his handle's tight enough. Mm-hmm. He's a little tall. Yeah, he's like six four. And he like his dribble's a little high up. Mm-hmm. But I think him just running around screens, shooting threes, sort of like pump baking, taking like one. I think he has uber confidence. Mm-hmm. And like, I think his three-point percentages are pretty low. Mm-hmm. And his percentages in general are pretty low because he shot a lot. Yeah, he... Their offense was a train wreck. And But I just think that if he starts to shore that up, sort of polish his game a little bit, figure out where his spots are, and realize that he's not the guy anymore. Because at North Carolina, everything was through him. Mm-hmm. Everything was through him. I think his... I just think his offensive ceiling is higher than we saw. Yeah, definitely. He, and maybe it's just yeah. in my head. No, I agree. I mean, he came off the bench, started one game, averaged 13 off the bench as a rookie. I mean, that's that's pretty good. He shot 35% from three. I think you when you're taking six, five, almost six threes per game, like you'd like to see a little better. But I think that like as a rookie, you're like you're gonna get better no matter what, or hopefully gonna get better. So I think he does have a lot of promise there. Well, I think before we move on to looking forward to what the Bulls need, and they have a lot of needs, let's kind of discuss if there were any from this season, like one sort of silver lining, best moment takeaway. Um, I would make the cheesy joke that the last dance was their best (laughs) moment, probably the most national TV coverage, the most press the franchise has gotten since Derrick Rose. Um, But other than that, there were just a few microwave crazy games. I don't know what your thoughts are there. Yeah, one of the the craziest game I the craziest comeback I one of the craziest comebacks I've ever seen was a Levine game against the Hornets. That those crazy threes at the end. I think that was an unreal game. When they get go, when the Bulls get going, they're a young team. They're one of those teams that when they're they play scrappy and like when they have something going for them, they could close a game out and like fight back. Uh, they do have that heart, so I definitely think that's promising. I we I saw that in that game versus the Hornets. They, yeah, they never gave up. Zach Levine, thirteen from seven of seventeen from three, forty nine points that game. I think what you talked about was a good point. Like with a young team, when things are going well, mm-hmm. they're playing well, they're having fun, and things go bad, it gets real bad real fast. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why a lot of people were upset with the Clippers mm-hmm. because they're supposed to be veterans. They're supposed to weather the storm, but when things were bad. It got really bad for them, and yeah. things were great. They were trash talking. Like it's part of the reason why yeah. I, we all hate Montrez Harrell on this podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely they. The Clippers are a different situation. Obviously, they. I don't know what was up with them. They can that chemistry was clearly off. But the Bulls, obviously, comes from inexperience. But um, I think it's promising. I think their their fight and their youth is promising for them. Yeah. So off season, 
looking forward, where do you want to take this? Um, I don't know. They Like you said, they do have a lot of needs. Every mock draft I look at, they uh, everyone says they're going to go after Denny Adija, that big wing from Israel, wing forward from Israel that kind of plays like a guard. I think that would be an interesting fit for them. I don't – it's hard to say what they need because they do have a primary scorer right now. And, like, their primary scorer with air quotes can't really see me doing it. But they – in this draft, it's hard to pinpoint a primary score that's going to be available at the fourth pick. I don't think they'd trade up, or I don't know who they'd trade to try to get somebody. Maybe they're eyeing somebody. Um, but I really – I could see Danny Abdija fitting there or, like, high-motor guy like Obi Toppin um, I think would fit there and would be interesting. I've been seeing a lot of hot takes that people think Obi Toppin might bust a little bit. Um, but – I think that, like you said, there's so many needs, and I think with any team that has so many needs, what what do they need? They need a star. They need someone that's going to take control of their team, take control of the offense. Um, with their contracts and sort of trades and whatever and free agency we'll get into, when you're a really bad team, um, people probably don't want to come to you, even though you're a, mm-hmm. you're a big market. But I think hitting the home run from for them would be – somehow getting Lamelo at the fourth pick. Yeah. Um, I think that would be something for the fan base to be excited about. He has like that one thing and it's his passing and his ability to spread the floor, his passing and his basketball IQ are really high. I don't know about the rest of his game. There's a lot of questions, but I think that that would be unreal because we talked about their main ball handler didn't really have that passing ability. So Lamelo probably gets Laurie Markin and a lot more open threes. Mm-hmm. And he's probably hitting more open threes than covered threes. Um, Wendell Carter's probably getting a lot of alley-oop dunks with Definitely. LaMelo. And then the problem is LaMelo might not be there. Yeah. Um, the Then, if not, the person that I would love to see, I don't know, he could go anywhere from like 3 to 10. So maybe they don't want to reach at 4. Maybe they'll trade back to get him. They probably wouldn't. I would like to see Killian Hayes there. Mm-hmm. I think he's probably like in that range another guy that could be a good floor general like point guard could score a little bit but also be able to run the offense a little bit it's interesting because with killian hayes are they drafting him and giving up on kobe white already Mm -hmm. um that's a little that's another question but those two guys would be i think home runs for them Mm -hmm. i think the problem with obi toppin is that I don't know if his shot's so consistent and is he going to be taking up a lot of the same space that Wendell Carter's going to have. I've seen different comparisons to either like super high-end Amari Stoudemire with the athleticism Mm -hmm. or super low-end. He's just an athlete and he's Derek Williams. Mm -hmm. Remember him? So that was another bull. I mean, not Wolves disaster, but I feel like the Wolves and the Bulls, Mm -hmm. not only do their names kind of rhyme, but their histories are intertwined with that Jimmy Butler trade. So... I don't know. We touched on briefly on their contract situation with Otto Porter, Mm -hmm. but is there anything else in terms of cap space or free agents or trade targets, trades? Do you think, should they be buyers, sellers? I don't know what your thoughts are there. Yeah. I think they're in kind of a tough position right now. I don't know. I forget how much Thad Young is making, but he's like, like He's older, not really contributing much. They're a young team. I think they want to stay young. Obviously, we said they need that veteran presence, but that young, I think, is a real problem for them. I think he's making 14. 14, Yeah, I thought it was going to say 13 or 14 million. He's going to be there for two more years, I think, after this year. Um, So I think that's a real problem. If they could get rid of him somehow, um, 
I don't know who they trade. I don't think they should trade any of their young guys. I think it's important to keep that core that they've been building. Uh, Otto Porter, obviously clear problem. I think he's going to pick up his player option, so they'll be paying him. But after next year, I think they're kind of wide open. They don't. I don't think any of their guys are going to turn into max players. I don't know. Levine just signed that contract twenty years mil? ago. Yeah, he's making seventy-seven million over four years. I think that's good value for what he is. We compare him to like a Karis Levert type player, and Karis is making a little less, but similar to that. Um, I don't. What are your opinions on this offseason? I think they can. They're kind of going to be kind of stagnant. Kind of yeah, work with that guy, I think they, they can kind of go in any direction. I think they should listen to any offers on Levine mm-hmm. because as we mentioned, he's not the superstar that's going to win you a title. And if that's the case, what are you really saving him for? Mm-hmm. If you don't, so I think you listen, you listen to offers. You don't trade him for something bad, but you listen. I think you shop auto Porter to all the desperate teams that are trying to offload cap yeah. because he's an expiring deal. So I don't think that the Sixers would necessarily do this, but let's say you could get the Sixers to take Otto Porter and you take back Horford and you mm-hmm. get picks. Yeah. You give yourself a better chance to get better in the future. Who cares if you're eating up cap space because you're not great right now anyways. And we just spoke about two of their players that you want to see grow are big men, Wendell Carter and Laurie Markkinen. Mm-hmm. Whether you love Al Horford or not, he's a seasoned veteran, knows the game. Having him there would probably be decent it for those be. two guys. Yeah. I don't, and Otto Porter, 3 and D wing, he's making too much money, but he, he kind of helped. He could help the Sixers potentially with three-point shooting. He fits that defensive mold. So that would be something interesting. I don't think the Thunder would do it, but his 28.5 mil also matches up with like a Chris Paul type thing. I don't think either team really would want that. But just any way to get picks, and that's a good – I think – for most teams, we would say this is a bad contract, but for the Bulls, in a way, I think it's a good contract because it can get them more draft capital. Yeah, definitely. I was not that I think the Nets would do this, but I think they're looking to improve the roster in any way. I think Levine, I'm sure, has been brought up in conversations with them. If the Nets were to swing like Dinwiddie, Jared Allen. I would hope not Karras, but like I it would Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, and their 19 pick, maybe another pick for Levine would be interesting for the Bulls. Um, I don't think the Nets would do it, but they would get, like you said, they would get picks. Um, maybe Levine isn't the guy for them moving forward, but um, could be interesting to look at that Nets for both sides, from my perspective, at least. Definitely, I agree. And I think it's just going to be tough because a lot of teams aren't going to want to take on that contract. There are a lot of smarter teams. It's about the teams that already are just messed up with mm-hmm. their cap space and just need to offload money sooner. Um, but I think... There's no real dream for me in terms of roster improvement because there's no star. Like, what are they getting that's going to make them significantly better unless they hit in the draft? Who said – I don't I don't remember who said it. One of the, I think, ESPN guys said – maybe it was Jay Williams. He's like, oh, yeah, AD's coming home to Chicago. I, I mean, I, I really don't think it's going to happen. Obviously, like, they're making the – they made the finals. Uh I hope they win their championship. And if they definitely they win a championship, there's no way AD leaves. I don't think there's any way he leaves anyway. Um, but that would be the dream. I, I think there's no way it's going to happen. Yeah, definitely That's, that's like that that's, dream yeah. roster. My dream is Lamelo falls to four and the yeah. Knicks don't trade. And no team trades up before, but there's no way. I think there's, there's like no a, way. I, I don't know. 
not that I dislike Lamelo. I think I'm lower on him than people say. I think like he's like not a good shooter. He's obviously a really talented playmaker um, and has that length, but he's also like pretty lazy. Like that with a young team, it, it could be worrisome. Not gonna, I, in my opinion, having him there, I think Billy Donovan would be able to get the best out of him. But I think in general, Lamelo Ball could be a, a bit worrisome, especially oh, on that team. Definitely agree. I don't think he's a lock to be a star i just think he has the best chance Mm -hmm. and i think with a team like this why not take a chance are you going to draft someone that you think could just be a role player Mm -hmm. or would you you're kind of screwed anyway so just take a flyer on someone that you think could be great potentially and i think when you look at the draft one thing that i've started doing in research is noticing that people who um succeed in the draft are the ones that have one skill that they can hang their hat on. Mm-hmm. If you were just like good at everything in college, what are you gonna be in the NBA? Are mm-hmm. you like you you being average at everything doesn't always translate, but being an elite passer, having that elite floor vision is something that will translate. Does he have a lot of things to work on? Is he perfect? No. Is he gonna be an all NBA player? Maybe not. I just think there's a role for him where he could be a floor general Mm -hmm. and that's something that could excite the fan base sell tickets yeah if you're like if i'm the gm something would excite me um definitely but i don't know i think we should we don't even know who's going to be on their roster it could just be the same i don't know in the past we've sort of talked about projected or dream starting fives if you want to touch on that we can i don't even know what i would say because who knows yeah what's going to happen but if not, I think we should look at best case scenario. Like, yeah. what is going to happen for the Bulls next season? Yeah, I mean, there it's going to be an interesting, interesting year. I think they they should improve. Obviously, they're a young team. You'd like to improve every year, like we talked about before. Uh, dream starting five. You said Lamelo. I think Lamelo would be interesting in their starting five. They do need a playmaker. I'm not really sure. You know who started for them point guard this past year? I think it was a little bit of Chris Dunn, a little bit of Sadoransky. A little bit of Kobe White one game. Mm-hmm. So Chris Dunn got hurt. He's awful, awful, awful offensively. Never really panned out after that exciting Providence mm-hmm. run. He was a top lottery pick. He's a great defender, but it's basically like playing four on five on defense. Yeah. I mean, on offense, offense excuse yeah. me. And that really pisses me off when the Mavs had Michael Kidd Gilchrist on the floor. He was fine sometimes, and he ended up playing well at certain times, but then I felt like we were playing four guys in a cone on mm-hmm. offense, and it really bothered me. So that's kind of a problem. I think Billy Donovan is going to bring consistency to their organization. I think he's going to have his program. He's going to run the team the way he wants to run the team, and he'll have those five guys that he's going to develop because he's going to be – he signed a four-year deal. He's going to hopefully be there for a while, and I think he could really develop something um, with the young core they have there. I think it could be – uh, if they take Lamelo, let's say, just say they get Lamelo as a dream. Lamelo, Levine, Markinen, Wendell Carter, and then like Chandler Hudson, Hutchinson, yeah, someone random. Maybe Thad Young, yeah. Hutchinson, like isn't good next year. I so agree. It, it'll be it'll be something of that nature. I think Billy Donovan, just to rehash, that was a really good hire. We always forget that he was really good in Florida mm-hmm. as a college coach, and I think. He has enough NBA experience also now where he knows the difference, but still has that experience to handle these young guys, mm-hmm. which could be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So next season, I expect them 
to be better than they were this year, hopefully win. I mean, there were less games this year. They won 22 games. I'd expect them to win mid-30. I would hope that they win low to mid-30 games out of 82. Um, if they best-case scenario, I think, is going 500. If they go 500, it'd be, I mean, an unreal season for them, especially with a young core, new coach. I think that'd be great. He obviously, Billy Donovan obviously uh, overperformed with the Thunder this year. People thought they were going to be awful, and they clearly made some noise in the playoffs. Uh, so I think it could be interesting to watch out for them to go 500, maybe sneak into the playoffs in the best case scenario. Wow, that was super generous. I don't. I think best case scenario, they're like mid lottery as opposed to top seven lottery. I think that being 500 is better than the seventh seed in the East this year, and there's a chance yeah. that the East gets worse. No, I agree. I, I mean, I'm saying best case best, scenario. Best, like case. best, best case. Like they get a guy in the draft like Lamelo that instantly comes in and makes a difference. Like best case scenario probably won't happen. But worst case scenario, I think that they win 25 games and just aren't improving at all. Billy Donovan doesn't help them out at all. And they're just stagnant like they were the past couple of years. Right. I think worst case, they're back right where they are. Top three pick. That would be really unfortunate. And I think, you might see if that happens. Marketing doesn't get a second contract from the Bulls, and yeah. they just say, you know what? Let the Kings overpay you. Maybe the Knicks will pay you. <laughs> the classic Kings contract, your favorite. <laughs> yeah. So that I think realistic though, they're right back in the lottery, maybe six through twelve instead of four. Mm-hmm. But I Hope, think they yeah. also jumped a little bit in the lottery. I'm not sure. Yeah, I they did. So. I think they did. Um, compared to other 32 teams, I think they're bottom. I mean, they're fourth pick in the draft. Like, I think they're bottom seven roster, especially they're like they're so young, no veteran talent that they could really help them. So, I, I don't really see it. So, I think I also agree, bottom ten roster in the league. I think we have a little bit more press media coverage about them just because they're Chicago and they have Zach Levine, Big Dunker, Laurie Markkinen, Arizona, Kobe White, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. So. It makes sense why we think more about them, but are they really any – could we say they're the worst team in the league? Like maybe? Like are they really that much better than the Knicks or the Hornets? I mean, I think it's – like they have some guys that can contribute, like Saransky, Dad Young, like plays fine minutes, whatever. Like they're not bad. Levine like contributes, and he's like a better scorer than anybody on the Knicks right now. So I think that gives them a slight edge. But we're yet to see how their young guys pan out, like – for all we know, all their guys could be like busts. Like they're they could really have failed in these past couple of drafts. So I mean, this draft's really important for them, which isn't good because there's a lot of variability. So it should be interesting to right. see how they pan out. So I think we agree that they're just significantly below average, but not the worst. Yeah. Which is, I don't know if that's good or bad. It depends if you believe in Sam Hinkie or you just always want your team to compete. So. Who knows? Sorry, Bulls fans. I don't have the answer for you. I think if I had to look at the next five to 10 years, it's somewhere in between potential bright future to what the heck is going on. I hope that this doesn't go south further. further, And I just feel bad because you had the youngest MVP ever. And it was one of the greatest players to watch. And ever since then, it's slowly, slowly just 
went downhill from there. Yeah, I mean, they were they were fun to watch with Nate Robinson and Joakim Noah. Uh, they won a couple series against the Nets. Um, and they were they were an exciting team. They had a lot of heart. They're a Chicago team. Like it was they were fun to watch. They've just D Rose. Been, D Rose was so special. And the way that unfolded was so unfortunate. So it's it's unfortunate for Bulls fans, but um yeah, I, the next ten years, five, ten years could be couldn't really go downhill or just I see it honestly staying where it is, maybe getting sneaking out of the lottery at some point in the next couple of years. Yeah. I mean, who knows in five to 10 years is so long in five years, they could land the number one pick and it could be the next Luca Zion, whoever you think is like the next star in the league. So it's too, too early to tell with such a young team. And I think we'll, we'll we should end with the same question we've had. Mm -hmm. If you were to be the GM of this team or how would you rate on a scale of one to 10, the GM job of the Chicago Bulls? I'd say a solid three. I like. I really don't love their young core. I think it's a problem that they aren't producing and having young guys that you've you need to lean on that you drafted drafted in the last few years that aren't performing. I think is a real problem. Um, Otto Porter, bad contract that isn't fun to use and have on the books. I being the GM wouldn't be fun for me. I wouldn't. I wouldn't like to have that job. I agree. I think max four is what I had down, but three's pretty fair. So on the same page there, I just don't know where do you go because if you let go of certain players, you're basically admitting that we need to stink for a few years, but your players aren't good enough to get you over like the mini hump before the big hump. Mm -hmm. So it's just hard. It's like, I don't, you am I, I'm go. stuck in like below mediocrity, not even mediocre. I don't know. Is mediocrity a word? Is it mediocracy? Yeah. No, I'm not mediocrity. really sure. Mediocrity. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, I think that wraps up what I have to say about the Bulls. It's pretty good for me. I get to learn some, some English here and work on my <laughs> speaking skills. So for whoever out there is auditing my speaking abilities, just know I'm working on it. Do you have anything you want to say in closing? Nah, I had a good time just talking about the Bulls. I hope. My speaking abilities are getting better. I hope this time I was a bit closer to the microphone, so the quality is a bit better. Um, but, yeah, I had a good time talking this week. Do you have any thoughts about how we can move forward? What do you want to talk about next week? I think it'll be interesting as the finals should be starting next week. I think we should cover a team sort of in the middle. I liked talking about the Bulls, but I realized midway through that I want to save some of these – top lottery teams for closer to the draft definitely yeah um so maybe we'll do phoenix maybe we'll do memphis yep. maybe we'll do the wizards because they have wall coming back and they mm -hmm. still have beal and beal touches a little spot for you at the nets i know <laughs> so we'll see it'll be interesting maybe we'll put a poll out or something but stay tuned uh hopefully you enjoyed this episode would love to see you on the next one. Thank you to all our listeners and everyone else out there. Have a good one.